Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. But I'm going to be going into really the big things that I focus on my clients. The first one, especially for the high income earners making over $340,000 is charitable donations. Yeah, giving a stuff away at a goodwill. But what I'm really talking about here is land conservation easements. Now, I'm not going to be going into this particular one because it is a Pandora's box of really explaining it. What I would recommend is go to my website and signing up at simplepassivecashflow.com slash club, where you'll get a lot of free content to learn about these types of more advanced tax tools. What I also wanted to really go into was a lot of this stuff is predicated on managing your adjusted gross income, not just deferring. Deferring was part of the last slide where it was small ball activities. What I'm talking about is just lowering your HEI through a couple of ways, which I'm going to get into here. But if you're able to lower your adjusted gross income, now you're able to pay a lot less taxes. And the more you lower it, the better it gets. So if you're making $400,000 and you're in this 32% tax bracket and we lower it to 200, not only do you shelter that $200,000, don't pay tax on it, but it's at a higher rate, right? And that's because our tax system is this progressive tax scale. What I recommend most of the clients do is really try and get to this red line here that I have shown. And this is a point where the break between the 24 to the 32% range, which is a big gap. These days, I'm actually saying maybe even try to get into the $200,000 AGI range at 22%. Of course, I'm talking for married file jointly. For the single folks, it's a little bit different on the left side of this single filer status here. But this is the concept of this is the big things as opposed to the small things that you should be looking at. The question is, all right, cool, I get it. And this is the 101. In fact, this is more like the 201 tax class. How the heck do I do this, right? Easier said than done. Here's a little bit of review for some people who are brand new at this. And you guys can check what I'm, I've got this diagrammed in the right way. On the left side here, I have ordinary income. Ordinary income, boo, bad. Ordinary income is like the W-2 income or and even 1099. It gets hit with all these taxes, your ordinary tax and your FICA, Social Security, about 15% on top of the zero to 37%. We don't like this stuff. Why? Because it's high tax. What we want is on this other side of the fence, which is the passive income. Passive income is cool, right? Passive, right? But other than the fact it's from a tax standpoint, it's actually defined as passive income, which can be offset with passive losses, passive activity losses, suspended passive activity losses. We're going to use just the short word as PALS, P-A-L-S. Kind of cool, right? Because they are your PAL in this respect. Because you can use these passive activity losses, which you get from large syndication deals or rental properties. The fact that real estate degrades over time on paper, these are losses that you can take to offset your passive income. And when you're in larger syndication deals that do cost segregation and aggressively write off the asset, it's a good thing you're often able to take create a surplus of these losses and show a big red. One of the things that like really boggles my head and my client's head is when we try and show this to the banker or the mortgage lender and they look at like your tax profile and you're like, but you're losing money. Yeah, heck yeah, we're losing money because of all the depreciation and they just don't get it. And just like how people don't get 
forget the 401ks, forget the Roth IRAs, forget the IRAs, right? That's all deferring. What we're trying to do is lower our AGI today doing these types of things. So getting back to using passive activity losses to lower our passive income, again, that's zeroing that out. Now, we cannot use passive activity losses to offset ordinary income, right, from our day job for your business because it's separated. There's this red line of do not pass here. Now, the only way to get past this, there is a way to use your passive losses to offset your ordinary income. And we've done this many times with clients, a high paid doctor making a million dollars, lowering their income to whatever they want, depending how much passive activity losses they have. They do this with a thing called real estate professional steps. We'll call it reps for short. Now I'm not going to get into too much of the detail. Again, sign up for the club, simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. You get the e-course and also check out the tax page at simplepassivecashflow.com slash tax to learn more on how to qualify this and review what we're talking about. But in a nutshell, if you are able to qualify for real estate professional status, now this kind of red line of demarcation goes away. And it's a bit of a free for all, a good free for all for you, because now you're able to use these losses that you get from the real estate to offset and lower your income. And this is where a high paid person getting million dollars of income a year, all ordinary income is able to use the losses from the real estate to lower that to whatever they want. Lane is not a lawyer, CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com slash club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.